Welcome to the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Gwena, certified holistic health coach and detox enthusiast, and I'm here to talk all things detox. Toxins exist in our lives in many forms, from the foods we eat, products we use, people we spend time with, and even the thoughts in our heads. Here we discuss how various toxins may be sapping our energy and vitality, and how we can detox to create a life we love. Each week, we'll discuss everything from nutrition, clean beauty, body image, stress management techniques, career and business, relationships, you name it. Whether it's with a guest or just yours truly, we'll get real, raw, and honest and provide tangible tips to detox all areas of our lives. If you're ready to step into the most vibrant version of you, let's get started. I really feel like human design is just the biggest permission slip. We don't need it, but it's just so damn good to get it. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Detox Diaries podcast. I'm so excited to share today's guest. This was such an amazing conversation. Today, I chat with Aditi. She is a human design manifestation and business coach who helps her clients to find success in their own unique way and without icky one-size-fits-all rules. And if you're thinking, I don't have a business, like this won't relate to me. Seriously, we go all over the place with this one. It's not just talking about business and career, but it's really just in general how you can harness the power of human design and conscious manifestation to build a life overall that you love. So we talk about human design 101. So again, if you have no idea what I'm talking about and you've never heard of human design, we get into the basics of it in this episode. And we also do, if you're someone who is familiar with the basics, take it a step further. And we go into talking about how you can use your strategy in human design to help with career and business, tapping into your authority to make aligned decisions. We talk about three really tangible steps to begin consciously manifesting. And this I thought was so, so useful and tactical. And I just love the way that she broke it down. And then literally the best advice about surrendering that I have ever heard as someone that is definitely very interested in the world of manifestation, I do feel like I've definitely brought some things into my life through the concept of manifestation. But I mean, surrender is always the most challenging part. So seriously, just listening to her advice on that is like worth (laughs) the whole commitment of the episode. We also talk about people pleasing and putting up boundaries, and she just has such amazing insight on that as well. So before we get into the episode, if you would like to pull up your human design chart so you can follow along based on all of the amazing information that Aditi shares, you can check out the link in the show notes. Basically, you just need your birth information, the date, time, and location, and you can pull up your human design chart there. It If you aren't sure of the time of your birth, you can put in multiple times throughout the day of your birthday. Sometimes things like the major things in your chart don't change. So the big things you would be looking for is your energy type, your strategy, and your authority is really what we touch on today. So I definitely recommend pulling that up so you can really get the most out of this episode. So without further ado, let's get into it. Hi, Aditi. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here. I was actually just telling her that I'm like her biggest fan from she was part of a um, group coaching membership program that I'm in for business owners called Perfectionist Getting Shit Done. And I just absolutely loved her energy. So I knew I wanted to have you on the show and I'm just so excited to chat with you today. So I'd love to just kind of kick it off with you chatting a little bit about your background and how you got to doing what you do now. 
Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for your incredibly kind words. I love being here. And I really love what your podcast is all about. And I think that our conversation is going to tie into that so beautifully um, because toxicity exists in every single area of our lives. And to introduce myself in that aspect, so for those of you who don't know, my name is Aditi and I help business owners to simply put, just do business in a way that feels really freaking good without having to hold on to all of these icky rules and all of these creations from other people that have had success in their unique way and now tell everybody that that is the only way that you can do it and that's just not the actual truth we all get to do things in a way that feels really good to us and to just go back to my journey with that and talk about toxicity actually in the business world I used to be absolutely incredible at manifesting anything and everything and I started listening to Louise Hay I don't know if you know her well She's no longer, but in her heart, she's still here. I started listening to her affirmations when I was about 14 years old and I'm 30 years old now. So I've been in the whole self-development world for a long time. And I used to be absolutely incredible at manifesting anything and everything that I wanted. Um, everybody always asked me questions about conscious manifestation. And so when I started my business about three plus years ago, I thought that I was going to be that girl that just had her six figure year, the first year around. And it was just going to be a beautiful story from there on out. And um, the opposite happened. I hardly made any money the first year. And I was really frustrated in the beginning because I couldn't understand why, like, I'm so good at this. And I got into imposter syndrome and I started to look for answers outside of myself. And I started to look at all these people in the industry. I never even had social media before I started my online business. I joined it for my business. And so this whole world was super new. And I started listening to all of this business advice, which now looking back on that time of my life was extremely toxic. And I started to take their truth as my truth because I just didn't know any better because I never, I never did anything like this. I didn't know any better. I just took it on and I tried to kind of force myself into this box that other people said that I had to be in if I wanted to be any kind of success. And I somehow completely forgot everything about conscious manifestation. I was still able to do it everywhere, but in my business, all of a sudden that didn't exist. It was actually really funny looking back at it. And fast forwarding a little bit, at some point I found human design and I realized why I was just not capable of doing things in a way that other people were doing them and how we truly, truly all are so incredibly unique. And as the, cause I'm a projector in human design, which is one of the five types the true projector, I just started diving really, really deep. And the deeper I went, the deeper I wanted to go. And the more I started figuring out and all of a sudden I started creating actual traction in my business and it became a lot easier. And I never like it when people say, oh, and all of a sudden it was so easy and it just flow my way because that's just not the case. We always need to take action. But I was able to release all those toxic patterns that other people had given to me and to so many others in this business world. And I was able to fully step into who I truly am. And that was the best thing that I ever did, not just for my business, but just for myself as a person. So then I started helping other people to do the same, which is just so incredibly fun. So here we are. I love it. I love that so much. And I feel like that's why I just, I love human design too. And I feel like I just 
love it so much because it helps people see how we are all so different and that all of this advice out there is in very many ways, very like one size fits all kind of advice. And it makes us feel like there's something wrong with us when it doesn't work for us. So I love like the individuality and the expression of that, that we get from human design. So I would love for you to kind of just give us like a human design 101. This is the first time we're really talking about it on the show. And some people might have literally no idea of what we're talking about right now. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so the super basics of human design is that it is a very big comprehensive system that is actually created from other systems. So it combines the wisdom of the I Ching, of the chakra system, Kabbalah, uh, astrology, as well as quantum physics. So a little bit of the ancient, a little bit of the modern, putting that together and we get human design. And just like astrology, it's kind of like this snapshot of who you were the moment that you were born, because everything in this universe is energy. That's pretty much the first thing you learn when you talk about conscious manifestation. Every single thing in this world is energy. Even the things that we perceive to be solid are actually energy. And with this energy that shifts every single day, there are different influences from uh, the planets around us, the stars around us, everything that's going on in the world. And so the neutrino stream to get into the quantum physics, but I'm really diving into it. But the neutrino stream that is constantly around us, even this second, and is actually moving through us, we just don't feel it. The moment you're born, the neutrino stream that went through your body at that precise moment, that is like a snapshot of who you are in your entire life. And so that doesn't mean that, because this is something that I hear a lot of times, people are like, wait, so I'm just the same person for my whole life? No, you can still shift and you can change and evolve as a person. In fact, that's what you're designed to do. But you have this baseline of who you are from which you will do all of that. And that is what your human design can tell you. And to dive a little bit deeper, what it can really tell you is not just what your baseline is, but how are you designed to make decisions? How are you designed to interact with other people? How are you designed to manifest even? Um, what are the things that you're just naturally good at? What are the things that you're here to learn? What are your natural gifts? What is your unique magnetism? And all of that beautiful stuff. There's so much in a human design chart. And as I said, human design is about the unique version that you are in this world. There's literally nobody else like you. Nobody else will have a similar chart like you. And another thing that I hear people say all the time is, but if this is about being unique, then how come I'm being divided into one of these five types? Like how is the entire world divided into five types? And that's where it starts. If you look up a human design chart, all that you will need is your date of birth, the place of birth, and the time of birth. The time is very important because there are some aspects that change per minute. And when you look at your entire chart, the first thing that you will see is what your type is. So you can be a generator, manifesting generator, manifester, projector, or a reflector. So we have five types, one of them being a hybrid, the manifesting generator. And that's the start. That is the start. And from that point, you can dive deeper and deeper and deeper. And I'm not just going to throw terminology at you right now, but there are so many things that you can start to look at from that place. But even just when 
I understood my type and I'd love to know if that was the same for you as well. When I understood my type, I had so many aha moments and I understood so much more about myself. It was absolutely incredible. And then, as I said, you get to dive deeper and deeper and deeper and it gets even more personal, but just that part, eye-opening. What was that like for you? A hundred percent agree. So I am a manifesting generator. And I would love after this, if we could kind of just touch on like the brief overview of what all of those are. But one of the things that I've taken away from what being a manifesting generator is like, is having a bunch, being multi-passionate and really being like going towards what lights you up and how you have like a lot of energy when it comes to those things, but you get really drained when it's something that's not lighting you up. And that's kind of how you can tell if something's good for you or not good for you. And hopefully I'm explaining that in a way that makes sense. But I have definitely always felt that way. Like I, and I feel like the negative side of that or the way we think that we're wrong. And this helps us to understand that this is how we're meant to be. And it's a great thing is sometimes it's like, oh, well, you're all over the place. And you're always changing your mind with what you want to do. And like, I did always kind of have some shame around like bouncing around from the things that I was interested in. And it, so it was really validating to hear that it's like, but that's part of just the way you operate. And I also have a, a three line, which is like the experimenter thing. And that's so in alignment with that too. So I'm very much jumping around from one thing to another (laughs) a lot, but now I've gotten to a place where I'm like, okay, that's like how it's supposed to be. Yeah. I really feel like human design is just the biggest permission slip. We don't need it, but it's just so damn good to get it. Totally agree. That's such a perfect way of saying it. (laughs) We all want these permission slips. We all want somebody to tell us, hey, it's okay for you to just do what it is that you want. But nobody gives us that in human design because it's a tool. It is not this new box to fit yourself into, but it's a tool that can allow you to see, oh, hey, this is why I actually want that. Okay, now that I understand why, now it just feels like I have more freedom to do that. And I think that's something we can all use from time to time. (laughs) We all need that from time to time. Totally agree. And I think like kind of when you're walking through, like explaining the percentages too that each of the types are, because I think it helps us also understand that other people are not the same as us. So, you know, we have often an expectation that everyone else is supposed to operate the same way we do and we don't understand when they don't, but obviously we are so different and it gives us kind of also that understanding of how to operate with other people, whether it be in work settings or relationships or whatever it may be. So I love it for that reason. Exactly. So should I walk through the types just a little bit? Yes. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to round off the percentages just to make it easy, but let's start with generators. There's about 35% of the population that are generators and generators are this really cool motorized type that have the sustainable energy to just go, 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 go at a consistent pace, but they're here to do the work that they truly enjoy. As you were saying, being a hybrid and therefore a generator type, 
you're here to do the things that light you up. And so you have this incredible amount of energy that is really going to allow you to keep going over long periods of time where other types may not be able to consistently go, go, go. But if you're putting that energy into areas that aren't really satisfying you, that don't make you feel like you want to move towards that direction, then you're actually draining your battery because that's, that is what this type is about. It has this literal battery inside their body and it gets recharged by doing playful things that feel really, really good. So they need to just do these playful things in order to really refuel their body. And the more playful things you do, the more energy you have. And it's really, it's a really fun energy to have this enveloping aura. It's really inviting. It's very warm. It's really cool. These are kind of like the builders of our society and the creative builders as well. And oh, there's so much more that I could say about each type, but let's keep it shorter. Then we have manifestors. It's about 10% of the population that are manifestors. And the manifestor aura is quite dense. It's a very dense energy because they're here to break patterns. They're here to create the new. So they have these visions of things that um, manifestor auras want to bring into the world that hasn't been done before. And they're really here to, I kind of see them like rebels. They have to allow themselves to trust themselves fully because otherwise they're going to regurgitate what has already been done. And that's not why, they, why they're here. They're here to do the new things. And Manifestors really have to learn to kind of inform people, inform people about what it is that they're doing, because if they don't inform, because their aura is so dense and they're just going in the direction they want to go in, if other people aren't aware of what's actually happening, it's very weird. It's very disruptive. And like, what, what are you doing? Where did you go? And you have that part in you as well. So the manifesting generator is a combination of those two types, which is why you're so multi-passionate. You have that sacral center that little inbuilt battery that's capable of going, 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 but then also to manifest their cycle within you that wants to create the new, do the new things. And so in order to sustain both of those sides, a manifesting generator needs to have one thing that it's always doing that it can consistently move forward with, but also have new projects in order to keep that manifestor side of you just really really engaged and able to constantly feed off of itself. Does that make sense when I say it that way? Yes, I love that. And I've actually never heard that it explains that way, like having the <laughs> consistent thread and then the variables. I love that. Yeah, it's really cool energy. All right, then we have projectors. So projectors are about 20% of the population. Myself, I'm a projector. And projectors have a very, what they call penetrating aura. <laughs> it sounds a little creepy, but we're able to really deeply see into other people. And because of that, projectors are really here to guide the energy of the sacral beings. So generators and manifesting generators. We're really here to guide that creative energy that's within you so that you can use that in a way that is really supporting the collective. So projectors are capable of seeing so much in another person. And because of that, and this is a big topic among the projector types, because we can see so much, we need an invitation. And that's a whole other topic to dive into. But what that kind of means is that think about somebody having x-ray vision, somebody being able to see everything within you. 
you may not actually want me to see all of that. And so until you're ready for me to see that and then to guide you around what it is that I see, you need me to give you need to give me an invitation. And when you have given me that invitation, that's when I can share. So even the conversation we're having right now, you invited me onto this podcast and now I get to freely talk about all of the things that I love talking about. But if you hadn't invited me and I'd just be like, hey, I want to be on your podcast and I'm just going to talk about this thing, <laughs> that would not go very well. Maybe you'd hear me out, but you wouldn't fully take it in. And the difference between generators and manifesting generators and the other types and in this case, projectors, is that we do not have the ability to consistently go, go, go. And so something that is really eye-opening for projectors, and it was for me, is that when you find out who you are, who you innately are, you all of a sudden understand that we are literally not built for full-time jobs the way society has created that. We do not have the energy to do that. Maybe you're the type that needs a lot of naps. Personally, I'm not, but a lot of projectors need a lot of naps or you need a lot of breaks in between your work. And the more you allow yourself to rest as a projector, the better you're able to guide people. So projectors make really good coaches and consultants and overseeing teams. That's something that projectors are really good at. Now we have reflectors. I love my reflectors. 1% of the population. And reflectors are really here as a mirror to society. If you're a reflector, by the way, please send me a message. I'd love to talk to you. <laughs> I love the unicorns. Um, but they're really here to serve as a mirror to society because they're capable of picking up on patterns in the world because they do not have consistent energy in any place of their human design chart. And without diving a lot deeper into every aspect of that, what that kind of means is that a reflector will feel different every single day. They're really living with the lunar cycle. They're really dependent on the changes in the cosmos because with every change that happens every single day, they are going to morph into kind of a different version of themselves. So consistency for reflectors is the most ridiculous thing <laughs> because they're really different people every single day. So even with this very, very brief introduction, you can see that just knowing your type is going to show you how different you actually are from other people and how there are so many new ways that you can use your energy to step more fully into yourself and also how to release the toxicity out of your life because you may be trying to do something that is just genuinely not aligned with who you are at your core, even if the entire world is telling you that that's how you quote unquote should do something. Absolutely. So I would love now that we have that baseline and you touched on it a little bit, but when you found out you were a projector, what that really opened up for you and the things yeah. that you're able to truly accept. The first thing for me was that I was trying to be a generator. I was trying to really push and force and hustle. And I was working 40 hours before that in my full-time job. And I constantly got sick and I couldn't understand why. And I felt really lazy. I felt like I should be able to do more. I shouldn't be having a burnout at age 21. What is happening? This is not okay. And so I would push even more and my personal pattern, because I use social media mostly for my business, is that I would show up, I would give all of this energy, I would actually reach this place of success, and I would have a whole bunch of clients, 
And then I was just done because then I needed to serve the clients, of course. And I wanted to do that in the best of my capabilities. And I could not do all the other stuff around it as well. And so it just dropped off the face of the earth for months at a time. And then I would have to start that whole cycle all over again because I couldn't sustain that energy. And the biggest eye opener for me was without even changing anything, just knowing that because it gave me such a huge permission slip to take the rest that I needed more and more often. I took more conscious breaks. So I would do less on a day, maybe not show up for one or two days on social media, but then be back. So there was a bit more consistency just in my own unique way. That was the absolute biggest eye opener for me that I don't have to try and keep up with the world because I'm not designed to. That's not where my unique power lies. Yeah. Absolutely. And I feel like that is probably the biggest takeaway for most people because that generator type is the majority of the population. We're all just conditioned to believe that that's how everyone's supposed to operate when they're totally not. And I think understanding what those other strengths are, because I think with these, you know, this is not really like a personality thing, but there's so many quizzes out there and everyone loves to like identify themselves as something. And it's like, when people feel like things about them aren't good, or it's like not the type they would want to be, there are so many positives too. And I love, I've heard the analogy of like the projector is sort of like the bird in the sky that can like see how everything like out, out of the weeds of things and can really see things for what they are, which is so amazing. So kind of being able to see like the light side of everything. So you can accept that you're not, you know, running around on the ground doing things all the time. That's not the best version of you. Yeah, absolutely. And even as you're saying that, I'm thinking of like catchphrases for each type. And I see this generator type because manifesting generator in their own way, but the generator type is actually really capable of building something, fully building something. That's the only type that can do that in their way. And then the manifester creating the new kind of like this Aries type for those who are into astrology. It's like creating this new, this rebellious thing that we, the rest of the types need the manifester because if the manifester doesn't initiate something new, the other types don't have anything to respond to and then build from. And then the the projector, as you said, like we can overview what is going on and then guide people based on that. We can see really deeply into people and guide them based on that. And the reflector is kind of standing outside of that circle and is reflecting back to each and every one, like what is happening here? And so if you have a reflector in your community, how are they feeling? Because if they're feeling good, your community is good. And if the reflector is not feeling too happy, there's probably something that needs to be looked at in the community. So we all serve this incredible purpose in the whole. It's really powerful. Yeah. I love that too. Like the collective concept, which I feel like is a big part of human design also. It's partially, obviously your individuality and acceptance and then how you you fit into the collective, which is amazing. And so I'm kind of curious now, obviously you are, you coach people who have their own businesses, entrepreneurs, how do you take these human design elements and apply them to business things? Yeah. I'm trying to think of maybe an example, but I think it's easier to just keep it to myself. Let's see. And if you have any questions, ask away. Um, 
Something that really helps me is to understand that my energy goes in ebbs and flows. So I have days where I have way more energy and I have days where I have less energy. Now, of course, that, that's the same for every human being, <laughs> but talking about the projector energy that you can really see how it goes in ebbs and flows. And when I have way more energy, I utilize that to either batch create content for my business or I use it to really amp myself up and do one bigger project. So I will really currently I'm working on a program. I'm building out the program library. So in that moment, I will film like 10 or 11 videos in a single day, which seems like a lot for projectors. If you again, look at the general <laughs> type, because you have to get really, really unique here. But if I look at the general type, that's way too much. But I know that if I have that real dose of energy, I can do that. And I also know that after I've done that, I'm going to have at least three days where I don't want to do anything. And so I don't make myself feel bad for that. But instead, I take that time to study. So I know that this is my study time. This is where I dive deeper into, well, for me, that's manifestation, human design and business. So I dive deeper and I do that from my bed because I know that projectors work really well horizontally. So I do that from my bed and I dive deeper. And so I'm really capable of seeing the kind of the cycles of my body and how can I apply that to business. On top of that, knowing that I'm here to receive an invitation I, and, and knowing more about my chart, I put a lot of emphasis on building community. So I never cold DM people. I never pitch people. I just have genuine conversations with them in the DMs because that feels really good to me. I talk about my offers all the time because if people don't know what I do or where to find me, then of course they can't hire me. But I know that the people that I work with need to be fully ready for me because I'm going to trigger parts of them in order to create their transformation. And if they're not ready for that, then I'm wasting my energy and I'm wasting their time. And that's not serving anyone. So you can also see, as I'm saying this, you can see how this is applicable to multiple people, no matter your type. And that's why I'm saying human design is a tool. It is not the end all be all, but it is a really powerful tool because what I'm saying is more applicable to projectors than it is for other types. Now, let's say you're a generator, a manifesting generator. Something that I would suggest in business is creating situations that you can respond to. So your body really likes to respond to something outside of itself. So one of the things I have my clients do is get on stories and say, huh, would you like to see this or this? And the audience can vote. And based on that, they can respond. Okay, so I'm going to create content around this right now, because that's what my audience said that they wanted. And so that's kind of a version of responding and manifesting generators. The biggest thing that I say for you is to have an overarching niche because you're multi-passionate. You want to have this big umbrella of a general topic, which is why I think this podcast is so perfect for you, <laughs> a big umbrella of something to talk about, and then just have fun underneath it. And be like, oh, today I want to talk about this. And then I want to talk about that. And I'm going to have this little project and that little project, but it all fits underneath that umbrella. So it's not like you talk about health and wellness and all of a sudden you're going to give us financial advice and people are like, what? I don't really understand. <laughs> so you have an overarching niche. So this is kind of how I will use your type and see, okay, how can you use that in a way that really sustains your unique soul? I love that. And I also, because obviously 
business is the area that you are using this the most, but yeah. for people who don't have their own business, but it's sort of more like if they're in a career or something like that, is there kind of tips that you have for how they can use understanding their type to help them? You know, we kind of touched on, I think it's, is it authority is when it's, you're saying responding or is that a different? There are, there's a lot of terminology. So each... <laughs> Each type has a strategy in life, a way that they're going to interact with the world. And so for generator types, that is responding. And for projectors, that is waiting for the invitation, just because we touched on those two. And authority is really how you're here to make aligned decisions. So that's like different terminology for you. But I love that question because I was actually thinking about this just two days ago. I have a human design blueprint that's coming back soon. And I really dive very deep into how you can use your, um, your entire blueprint for business. And I was thinking how silly that it has to be the word business because it's actually applicable to any kind of job environment because business is just an energy exchange. You do something for someone else, you receive money in return, but it's the same that thing that you do at any kind of job. So it works for any situation. So let me just think, I have an undefined throat, so I never plan what I'm going to say. And I just start talking and things just come out. And I'm sometimes really surprised at what comes out. So let's see what's going to happen. <laughs> let me see, what can we say about each type just as a short little tidbit for any kind of job environment. So for projectors, <laughs> that's going to be a hard one, but it's learning to not speak until asked. We are the queens of unsolicited advice. We see so deeply, we know exactly what someone's quote unquote issue is. A lot of the times you're probably right when you think you know what someone needs, but we need to learn to not speak until asked because by reserving your energy that way, you're doing yourself a huge service because otherwise you're draining yourself in an area that's not helping anybody. It's going to make you feel very bitter in the end. And when you wait until asked, it means the other person is genuinely ready. So not only do you use your energy in a way that actually lights you up and makes you feel really successful, and success doesn't have to be related to business, right? It's any area of life, but that other person will be ready to actually receive it. And they're going to get so much benefit from that, that they will come back to you if they need to. So no matter where you are, relationships, uh, family, job environment, wait to speak until asked. And this is specifically when you're guiding someone, when you're giving your insights. That's really important. Let's see. Generators, manifesting generators. Asking yourself and maybe even telling other people that you need yes and no questions. This or that. Yes or no. Because when a generator type gets an open-ended question... A lot of the times you probably have no idea what to say, what the answer is. And so you may start to get imposter syndrome. You feel like you're not good enough. You feel like you need to push harder or why don't you know that answer? But maybe telling the people around you like, hey, I do really well with actually closed ended questions. Do I want this or that? So that my sacral center, so that a part of my body can really respond to that. And I will know the answer a lot faster. So that's very helpful in any kind of environment. And then manifestors. Manifestor aura doesn't really like to be asked questions. <laughs> so a manifestor kind of needs to be able to do their own thing. They, they work in cycles. I think that is the most important thing here. If you're a manifestor, 
don't make yourself wrong for having periods of a huge burst of creative outlet and then feeling like you just want to be done with it. You have just like the seasons in nature, you have a spring cycle, a summer cycle, a fall and a winter. And with every cycle, you're here to create something new. So maybe you can find yourself in a job or a situation, a position in any job where you are allowed to start something and then hand it off to other people when you're done. So they can continue building it. They can continue letting that live on and prosper. And you can move on to the next thing. You can build the next thing because that's what you're here to do. You're like this incredible fire starter that just wants to start a new project. And then, okay, okay, I'm done now. Like you handle it. I'll start something else. So that's something that I would love for manifestors. And for reflectors, there's so much I want to say. I think the best thing for reflectors is to create an environment that is really soothing to you. No matter where you work, whether that's from home or in any company, have a conversation with whoever you need to have a conversation uh, with about this whole subject, but find a way to make your working space really soothing. What is it that you uniquely need? Do you want to have a space where you can look out the window? Do you want to have a space where you're able to light a candle? Do you want to have lots of people around you, nobody around you? But find a way to make your environment really work for you because that is incredibly important. Your environment dictates every single thing that you do, and it's going to serve you incredibly well in every area of life, but at least having that one space in the office where you feel at home. That's very important because when you feel good, that's a good sign for everybody on the work floor. (laughs) I love that. I love how tangible those are. And I love to, when you were saying about the manifesting generator and generator thing, I feel like when people ask me questions, I always have to be like, okay, so it's this or this, like I have to play out two scenarios and just kind of go with that. Or even if it's more, but I feel like I have to, I have to create options to pick from. As opposed yeah. to, like you said, like having it be open-ended, I'm like, all right, no, <laughs> Let, let's break this down <laughs> into like two versions of what could happen and then I'll pick one. So that's- I love that you're noticing that within yourself. Yeah. I mean, the other thing that I like about my chart that I am like, wow, I'm so happy that I like already had tapped into that is I'm an emotional authority. Now I know that mm-hmm. that's authority. And I've always been the person that says I need to sleep on something. Yeah. And I feel like that's the, and some people- can make those gut decisions. And I've always been like, I pretty much always make a different decision (laughs) than what my gut decision Mm. would have been. Like, I always need that time to like cool off and really like see it from all angles. I love that. So I'm the opposite, but both my parents are emotional authorities. So I was raised my entire life to sleep on things and it completely took me out of my actual inner wisdom. So it's something that I needed to retrain myself in. But I also love that you said I almost always do something else than I initially thought, because that's the first time I've heard someone say that. And I'm so happy because I knew that had to be the case (laughs) for some people. But a lot of times I hear people say, no, I usually end up doing the same thing as what my gut initially told me, um, but I still needed to ride out my emotional ways. And so to make that very tangible and practical to sleep on things. So yeah, if you have an emotional authority, if that is the text that you see next to the chart that you pull up, then uh, you need to sleep on things. I'm the opposite. So people that have sacral authority or splenic authority, we're here to make decisions right now. 
We just know in the moment we know. And depending on your authority, sacral or splenic, you will feel it in a different way, but we know in the moment. And especially for splenic people like myself, if we don't listen to that, our brain will come in between and it will become more and more difficult for us to actually hear our spleen talk. Yeah. I love that you figured that out for yourself and that you were so in tune with that. That's incredible. Yes. Because I feel like that's, I love that element of human design and maybe we could go a little bit more into that too, but obviously the making decisions thing is a huge part of our lives in every possible way. And I think that whole self-trust element and like, like we have such a hard time sometimes like believing that the decision that we're making is right. So I think being able to tap into the right process for us based on our design can be a really helpful tool for people. So I would love to kind of dive a little bit into that. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so emotional authority, as we said, you need to sleep on things. And the question for you really is what feels good? What is it that feels good for me? And depending on your unique chart, there are different ways that your emotional authority will play out. But generally speaking, you're going to go through, as it says, emotional waves. And you will feel the highs of things and you will feel the lows of things and you're designed that way. So you're really designed to feel all the emotions around any decision. And depending on the, the amount of impact that decision will have on your life, that can take just a few minutes or it can take days or weeks even. Normally it doesn't really take longer than a couple of weeks. If that's the case, then you probably just don't want to admit to yourself what it is that you should be doing. Um, but emotional authorities are the people that like stand in front of their closet and they're like, hmm, should I wear this? Should I wear that? I'm not really sure, maybe. And then they come to a decision. So what it usually feels like, and I'd love to hear from you if this feels correct for you if or if it's different for you. The way that I describe it is that you will feel the highs, you will feel the lows, and that is your body just sussing out the information from the energy around you. And it has to go through that. So you don't want to force yourself to go through the waves. You just want to allow them without attaching to them. So if it's a, what we say, lower vibrational frequency, if in any way it just doesn't feel very good, don't attach to it let it be. Know that that's a part of your body's process. That is just the way that you need to be in order to suss out information, but you're, you can still be really happy. Your body's just feeling the lower vibrational things. And at some point, you're going to just feel this calm, confident clarity. There's no back and forth anymore. You just know, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. Or no, that's not for me. Does that feel that way for you? Yes. Yeah. It is kind of like, you know, you're playing in the mental drama for a while and exactly that, like feeling the ups and downs. And then it's just sort of like, okay. Usually for me, it's sort of like, I've thought about this enough. <laughs> I'm done now. <laughs> this feels like I, I know where I landed. I landed here for a reason and now I'm good, but it definitely is still a challenge. Like you said, cause sometimes we just start all over again, but then, yeah. that, you know, and this goes back to like that perfectionist getting shit done stuff and trusting yourself. But when you start to ruminate and you're like, okay, now I'm just making myself crazy. The, I knew in my body that decision was made. I'm just letting it move to my head too much. <laughs> yeah. The thing about the emotional waves is that nothing is ever permanent for you. Feeling good, feeling bad, feeling neutral, it's never going to stay. It's always in motion. So if you don't actually make the decision, 
during that calm, confident state, then you're just going to go through the waves again until you reach another point of calm clarity. <laughs> so the choice is, am I just going to make the decision now? Yes or no? And then you can go through a next wave on the next, uh, on the next decision. You will always go through that. So embracing it. And a lot of people describe it as kind of serving the waves and just being okay with that. That's going to serve you massively. And we're taking a bit more time here because 50% of the population has emotional authority. And this is why it's so crazy, even in the online business world, but everywhere we are forced to make quick decisions right now. Don't sleep on it. Like those who succeed make fast decisions. It's just so that's toxic. That's so toxic. And then on the other hand, when you make a fast decision, so like for people like myself, we're like, no, you needed to wait it out. <laughs> you want, <laughs> we live in a funny world. Um, but 50% will have this pattern of needing to sleep on things. Now, then we have sacral authorities and sacral authority people just know what is good for them in a the moment. And they will always be able to tune back into that. And the general question for sacral authority is what lights me up? Does this feel juicy to me? Does this feel expansive? Does my body want to move in that direction? Or do I kind of feel constricted when I think about it? Do I want to move backwards? Do I feel like a cringing moment right now? That's really the question that's going to lead you in the correct direction for you. And asking yourself those yes or no questions. Do I want this? Yes or no. And just follow that first impulse that your gut gives you. And you can really feel that in your lower belly area. And then we have splenic authority, like myself. We also make decisions in the moment, but our speech to us very differently. It's kind of like a soft whisper. And so training your intuition, really important for splenic authority for everybody, but even more so for us, because it is such a soft whisper. And if we don't listen to it the first time, it's just going to get softer and softer and softer. And the brain, the mind is going to get louder and louder and louder. And something that I have noticed is that yes or no questions or this or that are also very, um, very helpful for splenic authorities. Then we have ego authorities. And these are people that have a defined heart center in their human design chart. These are people that are here to be incredibly selfish in the best way. It's really beautiful because the world has conditioned us with this toxic belief that you're not allowed to be selfish. But especially for people with ego authority, you're here to make the decisions based on what you want and not anybody else. So do you want to put your willpower into this? Is this something that you want to put your energy into? That's the main question for you. And then we have um, self-projected authority. So that's only for projectors. These people are here to make decisions based on their identity. They have a very solid form of identity in this life that they can always tune back into. And every single decision that you make, if you're a self-projected projector, is based on who you are. So asking yourself the question, is this, whatever you're thinking about, is this a decision that matches my identity or that matches the identity of the person that I desire to be or become? Does it match that person? That's going to be a very powerful directional question to ask yourself so you can make those decisions that feel really good. And on top of that, allowing yourself to be creative and expressive and maybe even talking things out with people is going to help you to really tune into that question. Then we have mental authorities, also called environmental or sounding board authorities. I think there's even an extra name for it. <laughs> but you have 
a combination of the top three centers in your human design chart. If the top three, a combination of them is colored in and everything below that is white, then you are a mental authority. And you're really here to use the people around you in order to make decisions, which is why it's also called sounding board. You want to talk at people. The word at being really important. You don't want to talk with people. You don't want to get their feedback. You don't want to hear their response to the things that you're saying. You want to talk at them. And so you need to have a couple of people in your life that you really trust, that you can explain this to, that understand what's going on so that they really will allow you to do that without their ego being touched, without feeling heard, without talking at you back. So you want to talk things out and just be like, yeah, so I'm thinking about this thing that I want to do. I'm not really sure because of this. I was thinking about that solution. Maybe I can do that, but I don't know. You're just going to talk it out. And by talking it out, there's something really cool that happens energetically. You're going to hear the truth in your words reflected back to you after it has kind of bumped off of their human design, their auric field. And this is why you want to do it with multiple people, because we all have a unique design. So when you do this with multiple people, it will bounce back at you in a different way. And you will kind of hear the truth in your words, and you will hear if something is correct for you or not correct for you. It's very cool, actually. So speaking things out, if you don't have anybody, just use the recording app on your phone and just talk at yourself, talk at your cat. I do it all the time. <laughs> it's very cathartic, very helpful. So that's how you make correct decisions. And then lastly, but definitely not least, we have our reflectors. They're the only one that can have lunar authority. As I said before, they really live with the moon. They're very, very closely connected to the energy of the moon. And because of that, and because they as I said, literally change every single day. They have a different energy, a different vibe every single day. They may feel energetic one day, then drained the next, excited one day, bored as fuck the next. They need to officially wait 28 days to make a decision. And this is way more important when it comes to big decisions, right? For every authority, you don't have to wait or sleep on what you're going to have for breakfast. You don't have to wait a month before you know what your meal plan is going to be. You can make those decisions faster. But this is why I mentioned for reflectors that your environment is so important. If you feel good in your environment, you're going to be able to, with the smaller decisions to kind of speed up that process of making a correct decision. But especially when it comes to bigger decisions, the bigger the decision, the more I want you to listen to this. Really take 28 days. Because after 28 days, you're going to have experienced a full lunar cycle, which means you're going to have, or you will have experienced every single shift in your body in an entire month. After that month, you can kind of reassess and see, let's say that it's a yes or no decision. Did you feel like yes more often, or did you feel like no more often? On the days where you had no energy, did it still feel like a yes? Or did it only feel like a yes on the day where you had a lot of energy? These are things that you can look at when you look back at that cycle. And so the more you start to track your cycle and see, do I always have energy on this day of the month? Interesting. So if somebody asks me something on that day, I may not want to say yes yet because I know that this is my energetic day. So everything sounds good to me right now, but maybe tomorrow, not so much. So this is a short overview, but I think that this is going to be very helpful for the people that are listening.
Yes, for sure. Because I think making decisions is, I mean, like one of the most important things we do in our lives. Yeah. <laughs> so having some kind of intel into like how we operate really is so useful. Yeah. Um, we have mentioned manifestation a few times. So I would love to chat about that, how that has been important in your life, how you work with other people on manifesting, anything. Yeah. When I started learning about manifestation, I saw it as like, I used to play Sims all the time when I was little. Have you played that? I remember it, but I don't think I ever played it. Okay. So it was really about just, you know, you had, this is a computer game and kind of revealing my age here, but it's okay. (laughs) I was playing this computer game where you could like build a life out for your, for your character. And within that game, there was this cheat code and you could of course found that outside of the game and you could just have all the money you wanted you could just input all the amounts that you wanted you had this cheat code where your character was never tired and it was just it made the game so much more fun until I realized that I actually liked the challenges which is also a huge part of manifestation in the beginning it made it so much more fun and I really found that manifestation was my cheat code to life I got to have whatever I wanted and in the beginning I really only used it for I don't want to use the the language of selfish gain, but it was really about gaining, gaining, gaining. I was really learning, okay, how can I have more instead of what I later on started to embody more. And now that's the only thing that I care about is how can I be happy? Because that's what it's all about. How can I be happy? And so my personal journey with manifestation was really about learning all of these things that a big part of the world still teaches us all of the the manifestation gurus. It was really going through that and seeing there's something missing here. There's something that nobody's talking about, but something feels off and toward really going towards, okay, but what is the whole picture? A lot of times when people teach manifestation, they're missing huge parts of the equation and they're really only focusing on the law of attraction and just attracting things into your life. And they're ignoring that there are at least 15 other laws that we are consciously aware of at this time that are impacting the way that we live. And after all those years, the way that I kind of suss manifestation down to its core is that we manifest every second of every day. You cannot not manifest. So you can only learn how to consciously manifest. Learning to manifest is not a thing because you already are. The fact is, are you doing it consciously or not? And manifestation, all it is, is something that was once a part of your brain through your actions, becoming a part of the physical 3D world where you can see it, taste it, touch it, smell it. That's what manifestation is. And what I just said, I think is a really important part because nobody actually talked about this when I started learning about it, is action. A lot of people think that I'm just going to sit on a couch, I'm going to say my affirmations, I'm just going to live my life as I always do, but because of the law of attraction, I'm going to attract it into my life. And then they say it doesn't work because it's not actually there. But what they fail to recognize is that by doing that, even without them taking action, they got all the opportunities they needed, but they needed to take action on the opportunity in order to then get what they wanted to get. And so something that I always say is that action is like that bridge between your inner world and your outer world. So when you are consciously manifesting, you know what it is that you want in your inner world, in your mind, maybe you visualized it or spoken it out, which is also a manifestation, by the way, words are manifestations. 
But the moment you know what it is that you want, consciously or unconsciously, by taking action, you are then capable of making that a reality in your world. And that's kind of what, what manifestation is. And so if we translate this to the business world or any area really, but let's use this as an example, there are a lot of people that say you have to hustle, you have to grind, you have to like, you can sleep when you're dead and you have to just go for it. There is truth to what they're saying. You need to be willing to take action in a way that other people may not do in order to get what it is that you want that other people may not get. But then there's this other side that says, oh, just let it come to you. Just go with the flow and, and just only work from your divine feminine. They have a point too, but it doesn't work that way. You need to take action and action can be incredibly uncomfortable because the discomfort is exactly where the growth is. And the discomfort is exactly what you need to lean into in order to reach a next level. And a lot of times when we want to manifest, we want to have a next level in our lives because when the moment you say, oh, I want to consciously manifest this, it means that it's something that you've never attracted into your life yet, or at least not in a way you want, which means that for you personally, it's a next level, which means that you need to go through this comfort. So in any area of life, we need a combination of the healthy version of hustle and a healthy version of alignment and flow. And when you bring that together, that's when I think conscious manifestation just goes into all new heights. <laughs> it's just this incredible tool that you can use in your life. And it's really just about understanding the laws of this universe and the way that your subconscious mind works. It gets to be really easy, but people make it either too easy or way too darn complicated. Would you agree or feel into anything that I just said? Yes, totally, totally agree. And I, I think it's exactly what you said. It's either that crazy hustle culture or it's like, like you said, it's got to be flowy and easy when it's definitely obviously a bridging of the two. And it's true what you said too about if it was that easy, everybody would do it. So there has to be some element of overcoming something, changing, growing for you to be able to hit that next level. So I think that, I mean, that's so important. And I would love to kind of like, is there something really tangible that people can do to kind of attract that next level. So like you said, like affirmations, speaking things out loud, like if we were to sort of do like a, what are the first couple steps to really leading up to the action, I guess, is like, how would you recommend someone do that? I love this question. I'm going to feel into it a little bit. Let's see what wants to come out again. I think with everything, knowing where it is that you want to go is so important. It's like that GPS in the car. I mean, you can drive and you will get to a destination. Maybe it's the one you wanted or you're just really enjoying the surprise. That could be amazing. But if you know where it is that you want to go, it makes it a lot easier. And I actually really like this example of the GPS because think about when you put in an address, even on your phone. If you don't drive, I don't drive. So I do that on my phone when I'm biking here in Amsterdam. Um, but you, you put in the destination and you let it guide you. You never doubt if you're going to get there. You know that maybe you're going to make a wrong turn. Maybe it's, there's going to be a delay. Maybe there's an accident that happened somewhere and you need to, uh, you're going to be in traffic for a while, but you don't doubt if you'll actually get there. Maybe worst case scenario, your car just stops and you need to call AAA and you need to have them help you, but you're still going to get there. You don't doubt that because you know that reaching that goal is inevitable. And it's the same thing with manifestation. I think that when we really know where it is that we want to go, 
And we just continue taking action steps based on our human design. So it's just so easy to use this as an example, but being a manifesting generator, what lights you up right now? Just step by step by step. The GPS normally doesn't tell you more than two steps ahead. So what you need to do now and the next step, and that's it. It's not going to tell you the next 20 steps, unless of course you totally look into it and you're like, okay, well, what do I have to do then? And then, and then you could, but you really don't have to. You just take it one step at a time. And that's how manifestation works. So what I would suggest, just the bare minimum, which is highly effective, where do you want to go? Why is that outcome inevitable? You want to focus on that, not why you can't do it, because you can. Why is that outcome inevitable? And what is the absolute first step that you can take right now? You don't have to think further than that. I guess I to be simple. Love that so much. I love <laughs> that analogy of like that you just because obviously we know what the manifestation thing it is that that trust, that surrender, all of that, which I think people have such a hard time doing. It's like the hardest part of the whole thing. But I think that's so true. You put it in the GPS and you just believe you're going to get there. Like, can't you just think it? I love that. I think that's such an amazing way of looking at it. So thank you. I love the things that just come out when I don't plan. Yes. I was like, really? You never said that before? Say that again. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> If anybody here has an undefined throat center in their human design, don't plan out the things you're going to say. It's not going to serve you. <laughs> That's another just amazing tip. So I would love kind of, I always ask people on the show about their habits. So I would kind of love to know like habits and routines, like morning routine, nighttime routine. Mm. And if you could sort of tie it back maybe to your human design, if you feel like they're at all associated, just so like the listeners could kind of maybe think about how their human design could help them to create the best version of that routine for that. Yeah, absolutely. So I don't really have a strict morning routine. And that is because of an aspect in my human design. I have an undefined G center, which means that similarly to reflectors, but in a different way, I'm a different person every single day. So what lights me up today may not light me up tomorrow. What feels healthy for me today may not feel healthy to me tomorrow. So I really trust that. But something that I really do if I'm capable of it, depending on my schedule, is wake up without an alarm. I really let my projector body just sleep for as long as it needs to. Um, a lot of the times I need nine, sometimes even 10 hours of sleep. And I used to really beat myself up over that. And I was like, I'm losing hours in the day. But I started to recognize that it really serves me so well because I'm able to guide people in a much more profound way if I just took my nine to 10 hours. And that's why I do what I do. So I wake up, I let my body wake up whenever it wants to. I kind of have a morning routine with my cat. So she comes and lies on my chest as soon as she hears that I'm awake. We cuddle a little until she's done. She's also a splenic, uh, a splenic uh, projector. I pulled up her human design. So in a moment, she's like, no, I'm done. It's not healthy for me anymore. She just gets up and um, we have this little thing where we go to the window together and we just sit there and we look outside and we just kind of cuddle. And then it's then it's uh, breakfast time. So she goes and has her breakfast that I prepare for her. And then I just kind of do whatever it is that feels good. So sometimes I will uh, make a green smoothie. Sometimes I will meditate or journal. Sometimes I just sit and stare out the window and which matches is also my human design. <laughs> I will just stare out the window, just let my thoughts go wherever they want to go. I take a shower. 
I always have my best ideas in the shower. So I make sure to take my phone with me because I write everything out. And then I have an idea of what I'm going to do for the rest of the day. And, uh, and I start the day. And that's just so different depending on what I have going on in that moment. Right now, it's a lot of course creation, a lot of filming, um, a lot of behind the scenes work. And something that I do in the evenings, and that also matches my design as a projector, it's really good to ease myself into my bedtime. So around one to two hours before bed, I will close everything off. I will start to wind down. I will get ready for bed. So I'm really priming my subconscious that it is time to go to bed. I will be completely ready in my PJs. And then I will either listen to a podcast or read a book while I'm in bed. Um, something that I've been doing lately is listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks. Oh, it just suits me so much. Stephen Fry's voice is the best. <laughs> so I will listen to that and just drift off into magical sleep. So it usually takes about one to two hours actually for a projector to wind down from the day. Uh, because we are so susceptible to the energy from other people around us. So it takes a little bit of time before we're fully ready. And then I just fall asleep blissfully. So those are the only routines that I have. I love that. It's like a non-routine routine, but it's like, yeah. based, again, on like your understanding what works for you. Because I think, again, that's another like toxic thing that's out there is like, you have to have this strict routine or you're just, you know, not on top of things. You're not setting yourself up for success, but what a routine is, is different for everybody. And it, the whole point of it is kicking off your day in a way that has you like having the best day you possibly can. And that's going to look different for everybody. Yeah. And I love that we all just get to play with our individuality in that way. Yeah. And be inspired by others too. Sometimes I see somebody with an incredible morning routine, like, oh, I want to try that on. And I'm just going to see what it feels like. Some of them stick, some of them don't. <laughs> exactly. And I feel like that's the way we should kind of feel about like everything we learn on like podcasts like this and stuff. It's really all just about like trying different things on and seeing what feels good and just trusting yourself to know when it doesn't and <laughs> letting it go. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Brings me to my final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show is what is a toxic thing that you've released in your life that's had a really big impact? Oh, the biggest, biggest impact for me was to release people pleasing. And that is so loaded and also so vague because that can mean anything. <clears throat> I think the biggest thing for me, I have an Indian father while I was raised in the West. And there were a lot of expectations of how I need to be and I need to uphold his reputation and the reputation of the family in India that I hardly ever see, yet it's very important. <laughs> there was so much heavy energy about it that I never fully dared to be myself. And I've very recently, it's something that whenever we see overnight successes, and in this case, my overnight success of letting go of people pleasing, it's never really overnight. It took me years and years and years of small daily steps. And all of a sudden I got to this point where that just compounded and I was done. I was completely done. I, I let go of it so much that I stood up for myself in a way where my dad was just like, what the F is happening here? He could not understand because he didn't see that internal change day by day where I had been practicing that. And after that, we had a big fight, a huge fight, actually. 
Um, there was a lot of drama around it, but then eventually we had a really good conversation and it was actually the first ever honest conversation that we had from two sides. And I was able to share all of my feelings, all of my hurt, because I was so done that I just didn't care anymore what he thought. And I was able to fully share everything that I had been holding on to since I was about six years old. And he was able to share his sides and where he was actually disappointed in how I had behaved. And I was able to reflect on that and apologize for some things, but also say like, no, I did not do anything wrong in those other areas. And it was an absolutely incredible conversation. And our relationship has actually been incredible since. I still need to actively practice my boundaries and actively practice that it's okay for me to be who I am and how I am and show up the way that I want to show up. But besides that, it's it's been absolutely amazing. So letting go of those people-pleasing tendencies, biggest thing I've ever done in my life. It has served me incredibly well, and I'm sure that it will continue to do so. Yes, I love that. And that's, I mean, so I'm so happy you shared that. Thank you for sharing it. And I feel like so many people can relate to that, the need to put up a boundary and it's, it's really hard. So to see that, you know, you went through the hard part and you came out on the other side and it really just makes your relationship so much more real when you can be that full version of you. Yeah. I will say for those who are resonating with this and relating to it, this was not the first time I set my boundaries. I had been practicing this for a long time and it wasn't getting accepted. And I want to share that because maybe you've already tried that and it wasn't accepted. And so you think it didn't work. It does, but you have to stick with it. You have to allow yourself to just do you over and over and over again. And the people that really want to be in your life, they're going to be there and they're going to accept it. Maybe they don't understand it at first, but they will accept it. And if that's a hard thing and a whole other conversation, if they don't accept it, that means that there's something that they want from you that they're not getting. And therefore they're not willing to accept your boundaries. So it says more about them than it does about you. So do you, keep going because <laughs> it does serve everybody really well to do that. Yeah. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> well, I mean, I could talk to you forever, but <laughs> I would love to just kind of wrap up by you letting people know how they can work with you, get in touch with you, follow you, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, sure. So I have a lot of things in the works now and all of it is kind of behind the scenes still. Um, The best way to be in touch with me is through Instagram. I love being on Instagram. You can follow me at mycoachaditi. Send me a DM if you want to. I love having conversations in the DM. I'm so there for it. And if you you want to learn a bit more about human design, through my Instagram, you can click on a link in my bio and you can download my free human design bundle. Now, I will say it's getting ready for a massive makeover and it's going to be even better. Like I have so much in store for it. So download that. And if you do, you will also automatically get access to the new version when it comes out. And if you already know a bit about your human design, or you really love the bundle and you want to know more on how to work with me, send me a DM because I have a cheeky little offer going on behind the scenes at the time of this recording. So by the time you DM me, maybe it's still there so we can have a little conversation. Amazing. And I am still not sure when I'm going to release this. So obviously I'll be in touch and we can drop anything in the show notes. That's kind of like updating people on whatever's happening at that moment. Cause I know you have a lot of great yeah. things coming. 
<laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. This was a really fun conversation. Thank you for being here. I loved every minute of it too. And I know the audience is going to get so much from it. So thank you so much. Well, there were just so many gems in that one. It was such a good episode and I wanted to highlight the major takeaways. So number one, human design is a tool. It's not a new box to try and fit yourself into. Rather, it acts as a permission slip for us to accept the parts of ourselves that maybe we used to hold judgment about. Number two, we are each so different, and when we tap into our strategy and authority, we get the best results, not just in business or in our careers, but in our relationships and all other parts of our life. Number three, don't be swayed by one-size-fits-all advice. There is no one way to achieve success. Success comes when you are true to yourself. Number four, conscious manifestation is when your actions bring a thought into the 3D world. Action is a necessary step that lots of manifestation advice leaves out. Number five, the formula for the best results in conscious manifestation is a balance of hustle and alignment. Number six, to get started with conscious manifestation, get clear on where you want to go. Know that that outcome is inevitable. So like Aditi said, trust it like you trust when you put an address in your GPS. And finally, what is the absolute first step that you can take right now? And then number seven, releasing people-pleasing and actively practicing putting up boundaries can be really hard and scary, but it's so worth it. It allows the people who truly love you to get to know the real you and actually ends up deepening your relationships in the end. So if you enjoyed this episode, I would absolutely love for you to share it with someone in your life who you think could benefit from it. Again, there are, we touch on so many different things here, and I just think... Aditi's words and wisdom are just so beneficial for all parts of our lives. So I would love for you to share with someone who you think would love it as well. And of course, if you're enjoying the show in general, I would so appreciate if you would leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It is the best way to support the show and to help other people find this show. So thank you again for being here. I am so happy to be here sharing these amazing conversations with awesome people and I hope that you're enjoying it as much as I am. So I will see you on the next one. Bye.